0: Let me invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15. And uh, while you're finding that, let me explain something as to where we are. Um, You know, two weeks ago, I introduced to you a new series that we're about to uh, launch um, out of John 13, 14, 15, 16. And then I left you last week and went and did a wedding in in Knoxville and... um, and then today, uh, instead of starting that series in earnest, uh, we, we at grace ban think this sacrament's very important, that it is a reminder of the simplicity of the gospel like nothing else, certainly not like my preaching. This is, this is richer and pure and, and more easily understood than anything I've ever said. So we do this once a month, drawing us back to this simple gospel of, Christ in him crucified. So, we'll get to John 13 next week, and a a great statement, it is, John 13, 1, having loved them, he loved them to the end. It's a great passage, look forward to it. But this morning, uh, the passage is in Matthew 15, beginning at verse 21, you follow as I read. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, it endures forever. Guys, as is so often the case in the New Testament, um, the the richness of any story of any event that you find there is some of it is lost if you divorce this story uh, from the things that are around it. Um, th- this story that I just read you is a is a classic case in point, um, and, and and I want to show you what I mean. You'll notice that it's located pretty much in the center of chapter fifteen of Matthew of Matthew chapter fifteen, right in the center. Um, so what comes before it and what comes after it influences how we understand the the, the the event that we just read. Notice, for instance, this chapter opens in verse one by saying, Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus. You see, this story or this chapter opens with a conflict. A battle that erupts between jesus Jesus and the religious the scribes and the Pharisees from Jerusalem, the religious establishment and, and I call it a a, a a battle because that's what it is. If you look in verse seven he, um, he calls them hypocrites. oh, call me anything, but don't call me a hypocrite. You, you reserve that word for the you know the really bad guys you're a bunch of hypocrites, Jesus says. And then in verse 8, he says, Oh, your religion is all talk. Your mouth is close to me, but your heart is far from me. This This is a conflict that rages between Jesus and the religious establishment. With that over, we're told in verse 21, which is our text. Then he goes from there and he moves into the region of Tyre and Sidon. Guys, you know what that is? Tyre and Sidon are two cities right on the coast of the Mediterranean. Um, that were a decidedly Gentile region. They were at first assigned to the tribe of Asher, but Asher never never inhabited them. Um, so they were a Gentile region. Now here's the point. It's in the Gentile region where Jesus finds faith. <laughs> Not over here in Jerusalem with the religious establishment. no. No. He goes to Tyre and Sidon, and there he finds faith. And and guys, do you see the subtle point that, that the Holy Spirit makes by arranging these things in such a way that this story follows this story? Because what it's suggesting to you or implying or wanting you to see is that what Jesus is looking for is not over here. It's over here. It's not in the religious establishment. It's not with all that form and that ritual and all that outward display and that showy stuff. No, no, no. He doesn't find faith over here. He finds it entire inside Here's another thing. Notice what she says in verse 27 because it is remarkable. She says, yes, Lord, but even little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Okay, gang, in verses 17 and 18, before we get to this story, Jesus has made a point about what comes out of the mouth. He says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles you. It co- it's what comes out of your mouth that defiles you. Um, you, know, you know, I'm a preacher. And and sometimes I think I'm in, I'm in, I'm in settings where people say... Well, I'm not going to let that preacher influence how I talk. I'll show him, I, you know. And they begin to, you know, drop all these f bombs and four letter epithets and all this stuff. And you know, I'll show him. You know, it doesn't bother me, ladies and gentlemen. I know those words. I, I was raised in a locker room. I, I probably use those words. But what it does do is it it gives me a window into your soul. You did know that, don't you? Because you see what comes out of the mouth is what reflects what's on the heart. Now here's the point. If that's true and it is, what does what she said in verse 27 reflect about her? Yes, Lord, I understand. but even the crumbs on the table are enough for us, for us dogs. Wow. What does that tell you about her? Because what, what comes out of the mouth, you see, is reflective of what's in the heart. And what she says, ho, ho ho," is so terribly impressive. Look at it again. Look at what she says in verse 27, about, "Yes, Lord, but off the table fall crumbs, and you know, we'll, we'll take the crumbs because that's, that's really all we need. And then what follows that? Oh, it's a story about Jesus feeding the 4,000. And and look at that story in verse 37. Uh, What do they say in 37? Well, after he fed everybody and everybody was satisfied, they had 12 baskets full uh, left over. The very point that the woman is making in verse 27 is the point that is illustrated in the story of feeding the 4,000. You bet he's got enough for everybody. Watch this. Feeds 4,000 and they collect what's left and it's just all leftovers. Because, you see, you know, Jesus, there's enough on your table to satisfy everybody. You see, guys, what I'm saying? The story that is what we're, what we're examining today, your understanding of it is influenced by what you read before it and after it. In fact, what's before it and after it adds richness to the story that is under our examination this morning. But if you divorce the story from the rest of the chapter, you miss some of that. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's take a look just a little bit more closely at this one story and then we'll, we'll head to the sacrament. Um, I really like this story. It's an odd little story, um, over which Jesus has gotten some pretty serious criticism. You, you do know that, don't you? Do you know why he's criticized in this story, and and, and why I like the story? Jesus is criticized for being rude. <laughs> you know, I think somebody said that about me once. Um, just once. Um, but, but, I mean, she comes up to him and says, Hey, listen, I've got a big, big, big need. My daughter is, is demon-possessed. And he, he ignores her in verse 23. And then uh, the disciples are even worse. And they say, Hey, hey, Jesus, get rid of this woman. She's bugging us. And she's, you know, a Canaanite outsider woman. And, you know, get rid of her. She's bothering us. And that sounds like me. And then Jesus turns to her and says, listen, I just came from, I just came for Israel. You know, I've wondered, I'm not sure about this, but I've wondered whether Jesus said that just to give her a chance to say what she says in verse 27. Because she, um, she hears what Jesus says about the little dogs, and what she says is, what do you mean dogs? I mean, I know I'm not perfect but I'm no dog. No, she didn't say that. She's not huffy. She's not offended. She says, yes, Lord. But you know what? There's enough on your table to satisfy even us little dogs. You know, Jesus, you say I'm a dog and a dog I am. But I want to be your dog. As long as I'm your dog, there's plenty for me. There's enough in the crumbs that fall off of your table to satisfy people who are as broken and as wicked and as far off and as alienated and as marginalized as I am. Just in the crumbs. (laughs) And there, ladies and gentlemen, is my segue. Because you know what? There's enough on this table for all of us, no matter what you've done. I don't know what you've done, and I don't want to. But there's enough on this table to satisfy all of us, whatever our sin. You know, one of the the descriptions that Isaiah uses of the Messiah, he, he says that the Messiah is mighty to save. This woman knew that. Do you know that? Do you know that in spite of all that you've done, all that we've done, whatever it is, there's enough on this table to meet all of our needs. Even crumbs of grace are enough. And when it's done, there's still more for everybody else. There's enough on His table. There's enough on this table to satisfy whatever need we've got, ladies and gentlemen. And so we're invited. We're invited to come to a table where every need of the soul is addressed. How? Oh, in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Everything you need, my friend, everything you need is right here. Come eat and be satisfied. Our Father, we're grateful for the gospel, a message that, that assures us that in spite of all of our offenses, in spite of, our all, in spite of all of our shortcomings and failings, in spite of all those skeletons that hang so glaringly in our closets, there's enough here. There's enough here to go around. There's enough on Jesus' table that will satisfy any need that we've ever created by our sinfulness. So Father, would you meet us here? Would you help us feed on the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ? Would you draw us here with big appetites and then satisfy us by reminding us that Jesus Christ has paid it all. We commit ourselves to that, Father. Meet us here for Jesus' sake. Amen.